Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're back with another special edition of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. If storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now, it's been the, the best told story leading into this on WWE. This, this pay-per-view, it feels big, it feels important, but... Ultimately, it's exciting. The biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it, I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like... <laughs> All right, it's April 25th. This is our weekly Big Gold Belt podcast. I'm Two James. I'm accompanied by Hill Will Mahoney and Giant Crab Jamal. What's up, fellas? What's Hi, up, much? Um... This may be our last podcast ever because tomorrow Infinity Wars comes out and Thanos, if 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 done correctly, should wreak havoc and destroy this entire planet. So uh it's it's been a good run, fellas. <laughs> that could be tr- that could be <laughs> troublesome. <laughs> be a little bit more hype, man. J- Jamal's a Jamal's a make or break for this. Like if, if Thanos doesn't do what he's supposed to do, he may never watch anything with the word super in it for the rest of his life. <laughs> Except for the Dragon Ball Super movie in uh December. Good, good point. Good point. Good point. Good point. I'm actually very hyped about that. I went to all the other premieres for IMAXs. And thanks to uh actually, and thanks to a lot of the, the US support is a lot of the reason why uh they, they wanted to do the super series in the first place. So and I'm repping, so you know what it is. But um, outside of Infinity War coming out this week, we do have the, uh, the WWE Greatest Royal Rumble. Um, there's a lot to talk about there as far as um, implications, as far as storylines and stuff. A- after it's probably some talking about the bookings within it, and um, just just in general, um, maybe a little controversy around it and hypocrisy with the WWE. So. Um, we're going to start off on a positive note first off, and it is a 50 man Royal Rumble. We talked about, you know, we talked about the greatest Royal Rumble a little bit over the past few weeks, but since it's this Friday, we're going to dig deep into it uh, th- today. Um, it is a 50 man Royal Rumble, and there has been um, names already announced, such as uh, Paulo Cruz, Shelton Benjamin, Sinkar, Elias, Chad Gable, Goldust, Titus O'Neill, Mojo Rally, Dolph Ziggler. Um, just to name a few. Um, also people such as Chris Jericho and um who'll be making his return and Kurt Angle to step back in the ring as well. Um, so just just from the names that's either been rumored or the names that has been already been announced, um, who are you guys looking else for to or expecting to be in this or um or has some of your uh people you're looking forward to seeing how already been announced? They seem well, I, I guess I'll start first and say that um the only person that I'm looking forward to. And if they're not there, it's a damn shame. But um, I need Maven to not only come back and win <laughs> the greatest Royal Rumble of all time. If there's anybody can do it, it's Maven. <laughs> That's your second Maven reference in in in, in a week. So what can I this, say? This hope. He's, he's one of the greats. Now, does he need to do it by drop kicking Undertaker over the top rope? <laughs> He'll drop kick and eliminate every single person that way. He'll have forty two eliminations. All of you the drop kick. <laughs> <laughs> Our Charlottesville boy Maven from down here in Virginia. He might, he might, he might, who knows? It seems to be it's all hands on deck for the greatest Royal Rumble. I mean, what today they just announced uh, Rey Mysterio and a uh, great Kali showing did, up did, too. Did they really? Yes, they yeah. did. 
Wow. Early this morning. I mean, like I said, it seems to truly be all hands on deck for the uh, greatest Royal Rumble. They're making everybody go over there. Unless you're a yeah, woman. Mark Henry's in it also. Yep. Pretty much if you have a pulse and you're a male wrestler, you can be in the greatest Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's that's a shocker. I was actually going to say I was wondering if the great Khali was going to be in it. Um, so that that's 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 interesting to know. And um, I was looking at some of the tryout videos, and those those guys look poised to be able to put on something and for uh to contribute something to this. So I'm I'm expecting more than just maybe one or two. Maybe maybe we get about five of those uh tryout people within it. Uh, maybe even start a little fraction or something. But um. Uh, somebody I want to see, uh, because Kali was going to be my was going to be my pick there as to, you know, he should be in it. But um, I don't know. Maybe Santino Morella. I I can see that being interesting. <laughs> maybe he comes out as a girl and then actually, you know, ends up getting his clothes ripped off and you know become a male. And it's like, oh, oh, he's cool, he's cool, he's cool. Like or that. he comes out as a girl and he's immediately stoned. <laughs> oh, <laughs> to death. <laughs> Poor Santino. Allegedly. I will say, no. Allegedly. <laughs> I will say without a doubt that the 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 and this is going to be the theme of tonight as well, too. The money's being spent. I mean, they're 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 pulling all guns to get like everyone and anyone um around or you know has any significance in WWE at this event. Like it's without a doubt not not the greatest Royal Rumble because it's 50 people, but because legitimately this this card is is potentially could be can, can compete with what SummerSlam maybe be able to put on and maybe like second tier right under WrestleMania. I mean, everyone's here without a doubt. And it's not even like no speculation or if the Undertaker's gonna be there. He is there and he's in the match, and it doesn't even matter who is against. Like it's 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 just incredible to see how they're able to put this all together. Um, anyone else? I mean, granted, we've only named about 20, 25 people. There's still another 25 that has to be in this. Um, do we see, I mean, it doesn't look like NXT is going to be there. Um, just based on, uh, travel plans from, um, uh, what it looks like from their social medias. But do you think a lot of the champions are going to do double duty? Probably a good chunk of them will now not. I don't, I don't think we're going to see Brock in there, and I don't think we're going to see Roman in there, and probably not AJ and Nakamura. But I can see like the secondary people and like the tag champs, that kind of that kind of stuff. I mean, they they got to get to fifty names, so I can I can see people like the Usos in there. I can see people like the Bludgeon Brothers in there. I mean, mm -hmm. as many people as they're bringing over for that show, I, I could see the lower level people definitely doing some some double duty to get that number to fifty. Yeah. Well, I think the interesting thing is going to be the the uh, booking of the of the card itself. If you have uh, the greatest Royal Rumble close the show, and then before that you have Rusev versus the Undertaker and Triple H versus John Cena, then theoretically, it and Brock versus Roman Reigns, I guess. But anybody else, you know, in the um, you know up uh, undercard could potentially do double duty. I mean, the show starts at noon Eastern, seven o'clock local time. And we and they're saying that the event is going to be somewhere around three hours. So we're not expecting the undercard to have uh, the twenty minute long classics. Did you say three hours? I'm hearing three hours. Yeah, they're saying, I was, they're saying six last week. I was going to say I was six. hearing three, but then I started hearing six too. Yeah, 
<laughs> I'm sure it's on the network schedule right now, so I'm going to take a look. I was hearing six. Yeah, I, I was hearing three initially. Then I started hearing six. Um, they're going to have a kickoff panel and everything. So, um, I mean, look, a regular Royal Rumble is is put booked pretty much around an hour's time. Fifty man has to be around hour and fifty. Uh, let's see, John Cena and Triple H. That can be probably. 10 minutes. I mean, but it, it's not even really but just a match. Do you really expect the Undertaker match to go 30 minutes long? Yeah, not after he just did two minutes at uh, WrestleMania. That's going to be I mean, yeah, he did. He did three solid minutes at WrestleMania. It's blocked uh, out for six hours. 12 to oh 5 my. Eastern. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> On the website officially. That wow. is horrendous. I mean, wow. I, I think I honestly think that the, the Royal Rumble match itself is going to go a good ninety minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I agree. Ninety minutes. Hey, even if they did one minute entrances, it'd be like um, it's still an hour. Be fifty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. if the if the old Dominion Rumble <laughs> had thirty person people, persons in it, and that was like a good forty five minutes long, then. I couldn't imagine a fifty-person, fifty-man match. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, and then you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, I don't know this, and maybe they, maybe the answer is out there. But what's the point of the greatest Royal Rumble? Is it for anything? There's a trophy. There's a trophy. <laughs> There's a trophy. I mean, oh, look, let's just great. let's just let's just let's just get this out there. Nonetheless, this is a network special, which means this is a house show on steroids. Point blank, they can give it whatever name they want it to be. And and all the graphics in the world and promotion, et cetera, et cetera. It's a glorified house show. Um, that's within royalty, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, and and nothing more, nothing less. Maybe we'll we'll talk about it a little bit more, but I think the trophy suffices. But you know, implications as to um the big four slash five pay-per-views for WWE. I just, you know, I just don't have enough willpower and creative to to be able to handle that correctly and on top of that you know i think that you know if they did decide to pull this into other things um it's kind of a bias because you know then you don't have the you don't you don't give the, the women an opportunity to to reap or to, to to be able to reap the same benefits you know um this whole last year and a half has been all about wwe breaking down the barriers and equalities with having the women's Royal Rumble, the the women's uh, Money in the Bank, the women's um, um, Elimination Chamber, et cetera, et cetera. So that you know, if, if that you know, if this actually did give you know the male participants an uh, an advantage towards something, you know, it's just kind of like it, it seems not fair. So I think again, I think the trophy does work, and it just be that. And other than that, they're gonna have one hell of a time in Saudi Arabia this entire weekend <laughs> um this is on a friday so uh once this is done at 12 o'clock at night on friday night it's going to be a, be a grand old party to that winner you know at the end of the day you have to imagine the people who personally funded this to make sure that got this done it's going to make sure that their their hand chosen winner is well within uh their arms reach the entire weekend as far as their festivities and everything to be able to hold that trophy up and so on so you know a nice good vacation uh for them and 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 all the perks that comes with it but other than that um royal rumble is really pretty much filled with a lot of uh mystery or returning stars and a lot of people have already been named do you think we get those type of gimmick entrants in this as well too 
I got the feeling that since I mean they already got Taker out there, they got Cena out there, they got Triple H out there. Like, like you were saying, this is very much like the biggest house show of all time. Forget the greatest Royal Rumble; it's the greatest house show of all time. It's so weird that they're doing like Cena and like Triple H and like Undertaker and Rusev, and there's like no build for any of it. They're just random matches that are just happening with huge yeah. names. Yeah. To be fair, when was the last time they built an Undertaker match? <laughs> they couldn't even announce the WrestleMania one until that night. You're right about that. It definitely takes three weeks of one other of the other person trolling him no, on. No, but I mean seriously, like Bray Wyatt, uh, you know, carried that feud by himself. Yeah, yeah he did. Um, and then whatever happened the year, I think that was, that was the year Roman won. Um, no, it was two years later, Roman won. I don't remember how the year before that. Um, no, uh, somebody, uh, Brock beat him, I think. That, so that was, I mean, it's just like they throw the Undertaker out there, they ring the bell and have the lightning come down, and then everybody gets hyped for it. They don't really need to sell an Undertaker story anymore. Yeah. And John I mean, Cena versus Triple H. Eh, that's not something that you can really build for anyway. Yeah, no, absolutely true. Um, yeah, the Undertaker is just uh, a pawn that you insert into something that needs to fill a void. Uh, the other person has to do all the ring work and appearances, and Undertaker just comes. And if that's what it is, that's what it is. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, who did it ever? Actually, if, if you want to consider this, that's amongst one of the most legit matches on this card, considering that some of these rematches doesn't make sense. And... um. Or, you know, with people being on different brands, you kind of can predict, like, how that's going to go. But, yeah, someone wanting to fight The Undertaker, uh, Lana tweets, uh, Rusev going to crush. And, uh, yeah, that's about as legit as Bray Wyatt in the, in the, in the past and John Cena this year. So, um, do you think, uh, first off, do you have any person, anybody that you think, um, who do you think is going to win? And do you think there's a need for anyone to win out of this? Nobody wins. Nobody has to win it. I will say that I think there's this there's, there's one constant in wrestling for sure. If there is a trophy involved, the trophy must be destroyed. <laughs> the, trophy, <laughs> the trophy cannot remain intact. Yeah. So I a scenario I heard getting kicked around that, that I think makes a lot of sense is you could do a very big feel-good moment and have a Daniel Bryan win the greatest Royal Rumble only to have the Miz then come out and ruin his moment and wreck the trophy, hmm. which fits perfectly into like what they got going on currently. And mm -hmm. I mean, you could do that with, with tons of people on the show. There's mm -hmm. tons of like scenarios where scenarios where you could have like a baby face win it. And then their rival comes out and wrecks the trophy. So yeah. doesn't have to necessarily be Daniel Bryan and the Miz, but the heat would be damn good for it if they did. Yeah. Do you, do you think that Saudi Arabia is Saudi Arabia is going to um give to to the traditional um heel heat type of um 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 uh, uh, in other words do you think they're going to give um the same responses to uh different to people's characters as we would do here so do you think in other words like gender will probably not probably be cheered as we boo him why would gender be automatically cheered I believe, I mean, we, we had this argument months ago where it just seems like only certain crowds here would boo him, but anybody who legitimately 
looks at his character as somebody you should get behind. But but why would gender specifically uh, be more likely to be cheered because no, no, he's no, Saudi Arabian? No, 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 no. I'm not saying to him in particular. I'm just saying for, for that instance, do you think that there's going to be anyone who gets um, who gets that dynamics? We'll reboot him, but they will cheer them. Considering you know they're different cultures and stuff, they're different culture and stuff. Do you think that? Well, no, because because I think that if they're for whatever reason, there's enough fans of WWE in the Middle East and North Africa, specifically Saudi Arabia, where the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia said, "Bring it. Here's the <laughs> truck. We're going to fill it with hundred dollar up U.S. dollars, and we're going to ship it over to Connecticut, and you're in exchange." You're going to do whatever you do mm -hmm. to keep these people happy. Okay. And it's going to be the greatest thing ever. With that said, I think the WWE crowd is hip enough over there to um, to be up to date with the storylines and, and cheer who they want and boo who they want. Mm -hmm. um, I think if they were to have it in, in England, where you know it's just a lot of sparks in the crowd, I think you know, that would help. I, I, I think the Middle Eastern crowd will probably, because they have no... Um, uh, you know, homegrown talent to, to like for them, mm -hmm. uh, to just, or that's just automatically over. There's no velveteen, velveteen dream in DC happening in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> so I think it's going to be a pretty, you know, tame um, crowd. Okay. That's going to go pretty much the way the McMahons want it. Okay. Now, if they tried that in Australia, they tried it in England, they tried it in Ireland. Well, we know how raw happens when they do when they go to London. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Uh, you have anything to add to that, to that, Will? Yeah, I mean, that that's what the McMahons are banking on with the whole idea of delaying, we're assuming, giving Roman Reigns the title on Friday is that they want to do it in front of a crowd that they think is going to be more favorable to what they're looking for. And I don't know, there might be something to that from what I was seeing this weekend when they, uh, the Raw roster went through their tour of uh, South Africa. He was. It seemed like Roman was getting a much more favorable response over there. So... That whether that'll continue on Friday, I don't know. But that's, I think that's what they're hoping for. That for one night, he's gonna get a good response, and that the 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 the, the crowd will not be pushing back against the agenda and the stories that the McMahon family wants to tell. I don't know. We're gonna find out on Friday. Yeah. Yep. I think the the one positive that comes out of this, even and there's a lot of like political uh, ramifications that are involved, and that that is what it is. The one positive is that the rest of the world gets a pay-per-view worthy event in a time zone that is palatable for them. If you're in England, WrestleMania starts at midnight. If you are in the Middle East, WrestleMania starts at five in the morning. If you're in Australia, it's already next Thursday. So you know, the rest of the world gets to experience WWE live, and we have the minor inconvenience of taking a long lunch break. <laughs> um, and I do think because WWE is so omnipresent in North America that we have the ability to keep up with things and we know where the house shows are. We can follow it in real time versus Australia or the Middle East where stuff happens in the middle of the night. So I think they're just happy to be there uh, for the most part. And, and also they also honestly could be fans, legit fans of the product because they do see um, what the TV product is and not what the, House show product is. They're not following these guys on the independent circuit as closely as North Americans are. 
So with the success of this, do you think that this is the recipe for uh, WrestleMania to happen overseas? Um, specifically in in, in more um, storyline friendly countries, probably because the WWE gets the notoriety of doing a big event for a first time audience, and you know the audience gets the notoriety of seeing a pay per view live um, at a real at a regular time and not two in the morning. Now. You know, England has their independent scene and, and they can follow their guys and do their thing. Australia does too. I'm not sure what the indie wrestling scene is in the um, in the Middle East. Uh, maybe they have it, maybe they don't. Uh, in China, you know, their wrestling scene is is pretty much non-existent. So I think a lot of this stuff, they, the only way they can ingest it is through the television. Um, I guarantee if Keith Lee and we'll talk about a little bit more like that later. I'm just going to throw his name out there right now. If Heath Lee is an entrant in the greatest Royal Rumble, I know that personally, I, I'll even speak for you guys too, we would pop tremendously wherever time would stand still if Keith Lee came out as number 42 in the greatest Royal Rumble. Would the Saudi Arabian audience know who the hell he was? They should, but probably don't because of their... Um, my perception of their limited uh, WWE um, knowledge. That's a fair point. Do you think that says anything about the U.S. crowd, considering that um, um, that they would actually consider going overseas? Oh well, like well, like would we go overseas to a, to a big event? I mean, hell yeah. I mean, what's the difference between flying to the Los Angeles for Survivor Series than? Flying to Denmark for Money in the Bank. I mean, That's I would true. do it because it's a different experience. That's true. I mean, I, they definitely would run into some issues with um, being able to host in Saudi Arabia, nonetheless. But um, the event is reportedly sold out at that too. Um, it's I can't... a seventy thousand seat uh, soccer stadium. I did. Okay. I thought it was in a regular arena, but no, it's in a um, it's in a massive uh, soccer stadium, and um, and apparently it is sold out. You know, so so good. I mean, they're it just, it just we're fortunate enough to have, especially in this area specifically, to have WWE come to DC proper at least twice a year. Yeah, and right. then they'll come to Baltimore if you're willing to go up there at least twice a year, and they'll definitely come to New York three times a year, and they'll definitely come to Philly tw- at least twice a year. That second place, no one's ever going, by the way. Smaller town, so on. <laughs> this is the biggest thing they've ever had in the Middle East. So you think so you think that because of that, that's the reason why I sold out in what two weeks? You gotta go. I mean, yeah. if, if if you're a person it's in a the make Middle break. East, yeah, and you are a fan, mm-hmm. you gotta go. And I think we're having moments like that for us personally, where this indie star versus this indie star is happening, or it's this indie star's last match and stuff like that. I know yeah. that's why I'm flying to Toronto in June to see Jordan Grace uh, up at Smash Wrestling. I know that's why I want to go to Survivor Series in Los Angeles because it is about that moment that you gotta be there. Got you. That makes sense. Um, just just trying to pull some information out of you guys. I knew you would have some interesting perspective. Um, I think that for sure you make a compelling argument um, as to um, the untapped potential overseas market that WWE is in. It's in um, is a diving in right now and um i think the response is becoming very positive i think the sellout crowd uh definitely helps to spark uh more interest for them out there and i think nonetheless uh soccer stadiums out outdoors 
outdoors foreign soccer stadiums is going to be their next venture for sure. And I think this is just the only beginning of it. Um, and I really, 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 really like your point about um, the timing of it being at 12 o'clock here. Um, conveniently working for other viewerships around the world. I mean, if you push that to a 12 o'clock Sunday in America, I mean, that's that's easy for us to watch. Um, well, I know that we talked about it, uh, you know, a while ago, maybe within the last six months or so. But I'm lobbying for WrestleMania in London, not because I love WrestleMania, not because <clears> I love London, but just because that experience would be potentially yeah. a once in a lifetime experience. We don't know yeah. if we have another one there. And I and I think that, um, excuse me, I think that with the NFL doing games more and more over there in London, I mean, yeah. went from it went from one game to you know like, four, like four or something now. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it went from like the Jaguars and the Lions, like two teams they didn't care about. They didn't care about where they were traveling from and what their schedule was. But hey, let's give London a a, a game out there, and the response that they got, and then the U.S. travel uh, travelers made their way out there to let's saying, okay, let's let's take it up a tier and put a better game out there, and started you know started at a convenient time for them. Let's look at the viewerships, and they kept getting a positive response too. They went from two games. To three games going uh, going over out the country, to two being in London, one being in Mexico City, um, to them putting out uh, the Patriots had a game there. So, um, I think everyone's in the in the entertainment world is looking around at each other to tap into other markets. And I think the WWE is doing something very positive here. On that note, yes, on you want to add there, Will? Yeah, no, and part of that also becomes when you run these markets like that that you don't go to often, especially overseas, if you're running a soccer stadium over there, it becomes an event for that local market. So you're going to draw in people that aren't even necessarily wrestling fans that just want to be at the event because it's the biggest thing going on in that you know city and yeah. it never comes through there. So yeah. there, that's another thing where you're going to have a lot of people there who aren't even necessarily fans, especially with the situation we were discussing last week. How you know they're pushing the idea of families attending. So it's gonna it's gonna be a very interesting crowd to watch how they respond to stuff since you're gonna have so many people that they're probably gonna have not never seen a ton of these wrestlers and they're only gonna know the biggest names on the show. They might only know like John Cena and that's it, or they might only know just know Undertaker. Yeah, so I think that's going to be one of the biggest stories coming out of it is what exactly is the crowd in Saudi Arabia like this Friday at the Greatest Royal Rumble? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, remember, they're, they're bringing people over there that are household names. It's not like they're bringing over, uh, you know, Chavo Guerrero Jr. versus, you know, somebody like that. That would be a good match for me. I would love to see Chavo and Ray Jr. You know, go for 15 minutes. Uh, you know, I would love to see, you know, well, maybe not Disco Inferno, but I would love to see the Dudley boys and the Usos in a tag match. Um, you know, I would love to see Kevin Nash and Scott Hall making an appearance. But realistically, is that relevant to the super mainstream audience in Saudi Arabia? Well, maybe, maybe not. But they're definitely hedging their bets with John Cena versus Triple H for no damn reason at all. <laughs> okay, you bring up a, a couple of different things I want to touch on. Uh, number one, uh, who do you think is the biggest star going over there? Is it Triple H himself? I think it's got to be John Cena. Yeah, Cena. Okay. Cena. Okay. Um, number two, do you think outside of this, do you think they're hosting any other uh, events such as Access and other types of uh, meet and greets? Have you seen any of that announced? Uh, personally, I have not. I know that there are a couple of other events 
um, not an access level or it's like a SummerSlam access level, which is a bit smaller. But I know that there are like you know some after parties and stuff like that that are going on in um, in Jeddah, and I've read a couple of stories about uh, you know it's obviously they don't have a Super Bowl and it's not even on that level, but this mm-hmm. is a major uh, event happening uh, for the city of Jeddah. Yeah, they started they started uh, arriving today. There was okay. pictures going around of Undertaker meeting with people, so I'm sure they're doing any media they can be doing while they're there and taking meetings and stuff. So they're, I'm sure WWE is going to be all over the place while they're there for however long they're staying. If they're getting there today and just a matter of how long they're staying after the fact before people have to start getting back on the road for a, for raw. Mm -hmm. Do you, um, first of all, uh, the undertaker is probably a Lebanese considering that he's not being able to, uh, having to hide and be snuck through all entry points. (laughs) for his arrival and stuff like that. So people like him and uh, probably Ray Mysterio, all the people that's been announced, um, it's not a revealing factor for them. So they're able to just, um, you know, live in the moment. Um, what was I about to say? That's why I say something else about, oh, oh, from from has, from has the designs that's been leaked out, do you think that uh, there's going to be a need for carts considering <laughs> that this arena style? I think well, I saw a ramp, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they needed it for San Antonio and they needed it for Dallas, so I don't see why not. <laughs> That's my favorite interest, the carts. Like, bring the carts out. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if they went old school WWE entrance with the with the carts, the floating ring carts, but they like put Dallas all it. the way out? Do it. I, I just <laughs> hope they, they don't try to like get too cute. And make it like in a flying uh, carpet or something stupid like that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that to like to like be that guy, but honestly, I do definitely see Vince, Vince McMahon, especially with the way that he's handled uh, Jinder Mahal, especially with the way that he's mishandling Nakamura. Definitely see somebody come out there on a damn camel just because of Saudi Arabia, and they're going to say that, <laughs> "Oh my God, this is the greatest thing." And of course, Michael Cole's going to put the camel over, but um, I, I really hope they don't do that. If Braun Strowman doesn't destroy that camel, I don't, I don't know what else. Camels want to get these hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, we typically don't do this, but I'm going to run down this card really quick. And I'm just going to, my because my next question is basically, um, outside the Royal Rumble, which we talked about, every single championship is going to be defended. So we have Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for the WWE Universal. Seth Rollins, your champion, versus Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, and The Miz in a ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. AJ Styles versus Nakamura and the rematch for the WWE Championship. Jeff Hardy versus Jinder Mahal for the United States Championship. Um, Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy versus Cesaro and Sheamus for the vacant WWE Raw Tag Team Championships. The Bludgeon Brothers versus the Usos um, for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. And Cedric Alexander versus Kalisto for the Cruiserweight Championship. Out of all those matches, um, do you think that any of these um, any of these championship changes hands? Absolutely. Considering yeah. it's a glorified house show, and um, unless it's Madison Square Garden, um, it seems to not happen. But um, yeah, and it's and, and this is live too, so that's also something to add to this. But um, you you both said absolutely. So what you got? I'm assuming this is where they put the belt on Roman. I just can't see them beating him again 
twice in the same month unless they come up with some kind of schmage finish. But, I mean, if they, they didn't do it Mania and they're worried about the crowd, this is as good as it's going to get. So <laughs> I'm assuming it happens here. And plus, on Monday, Brock Lesnar was noticeably smaller. He's already slimming down. So I think he's got one foot out the door and he's ready to uh, start training for UFC and get back, get back down to 265. Fair point. Yeah, I don't disagree with that, but actually, I mean, looking at the matches that are on um, uh, on the line now, I definitely think Roman can be uh, will be Brock. Um, I would be very surprised um, if he didn't, so that he can go and train, and then maybe have a one off at SummerSlam or something like that. Uh, we don't really need him now. We don't really miss him now. So, but if if Brock wanted to come back and Basically, Brock and the Undertaker on the same schedule, and they can come back at a moment and make a and make a good show, a more interesting show. Uh, also, I think Jinder Mahal beats Jeff Hardy. It has nothing to do with the geolocation of it. I just think that uh, Jinder Mahal needs a belt to stay relevant. Jeff Hardy does not, and I think if they want to, this will be the antithesis of uh, Roman beating Brock because you don't have to like Jinder Mahal. But it is one of those shocking-ish moments that will will make you say, "Well, I missed it. Damn it! You should have watched it because Jinder Mahal be Jeff Hardy." <laughs> um, and and I do think that the um, uh, Kalisto beat Cedric Alexander. Okay. On the pre-show match. Oh, if it's a pre-show match, I mean they haven't really separated, but I, I mean I don't know. Um. I okay, so basically, I I do agree with Will with the Roman thing, um, and I do agree with you, Jamal, also with Brock being at um with that wow factor whenever he's able to make an appearance, whatever, whatever. Um, the Intercontinental Championship. I mean, I think Seth keeps it, and not only keeps it, but keeps it on Raw, considering that two of those people are on SmackDown. But but to the gender point, I do agree with gender winning. But that would take the belt back to SmackDown. So if that's to happen, then I also think that the Miz is to win to bring the Intercontinental Championship back over. Uh, or I'm sorry, it would be it will have to be a double flip. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm getting this confused. Gender would take it to Raw, and then the Miz would take it to SmackDown. Is what I'm saying. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how both of those are booked. I think AJ. Uh, probably wins here even though i like the i like the face chasing the hill factor here um obviously the the hardy matt hardy and bray wyatt wins because why would you give sheamus who's on smackdown them the royal tag team championships so that's a no-brainer uh but other than that i mean i think everything else is pretty much going to stay still i think the brothers and brothers win I already said Hardy and Wyatt wins. Um, I think Mahal, that could be interesting. I, I like that booking. He wins. AJ wins. And then I would say that The Miz wins there. Um, and then Roman wins. So, uh, What about John Cena versus Triple H and The Undertaker versus Rusev? Does Rusev have any chance in hell of winning this casket match? <laughs> any not at all. Oh, that's gonna. I think the only question with that match is how quick is it gonna be? How fast <laughs> is he gonna put him away? Considering how fast he put away John Cena at WrestleMania. Yeah, I definitely see. Um, 
the uh, Rusev trying to go for like a shoulder tackle or something, undertake a low bridge in the rope, and he goes into Rusev goes over the top rope into the casket <laughs> within about thirty five seconds, closes the door, summons the lightning from the heavens, and the casket catches on fire. Yo, if Rusev lose that quick, he wins the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Straight up, and Rusev Day chance goes berserk out there. Could you imagine? Yeah, yeah. that'd be the I mean, trade off for sure. So. But look, but look, I will say this: the interesting thing about whoever wins the the, the uh, Royal Rumble, they become like the Andre the Giant Memorial, where it's like, well, you have that accolade to be put next to you. So in this point, you look at Rusev, who I don't know when's ever who when is he ever going to be in title contention. You give him the trophies, that's something to brag about to have on, on his shoulder. I think that potentially could work considering that um there's been a lot of why why not him and always gender type of thing. So um that 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 could be interesting on that note. Well the problem with Rusev is that he's over. Um, yeah. the Rusev Day thing is very real. And on SmackDown, uh they I believe they have AJ Styles as your face champion, and on Raw, they have Brock Lesnar. Like it or not, as your face champion, so, <laughs> so it's not like um, Rusev has. You know, nobody wants to see Rusev versus AJ Styles. Yeah. Nobody wants. I mean, I mean, not that nobody wants to see it, but they're not going to put two face champions together, right? Uh, right. You know, in a program, especially when since Nakamura turned heel. So, I mean, Rusev obviously he did what you're supposed to do and grab the brass ring, and he got over. Good for him, except it's the at the absolute wrong damn time to do it because I don't see a world title shot in his future um, until until they get either a heel champion or Rusev loses some steam. Yep, yep, yep. All right, so outside of that, then yeah, I mean, what else, what other type of bookings you think comes out of this? Well, <laughs> B- booking I mean, angles. Like- Angles I mean, it. realistically, it's it's just a, a big ball of like, do we care? I mean, like, obviously, you know, John Cena and Triple H, uh, Undertaker and Alexander Rusev are there as just attraction matches. They have no bearings. The Royal Rumble itself really has no bearings. Um, it would be interesting to see how many titles change and to see where they go from that. But my question really is, what does this do for the actual Royal Rumble in January? Does this diminish the impact of the actual Royal Rumble? Knowing that they can and will do a 50-band Royal Rumble for no damn reason. <laughs> um, there are no title implications for the winner. And there's going to be a lot of you know local guys that we don't know. And there's going to be a lot of legends that we that we don't that we did miss. But all in all, it's the Andre the Giant Iron Sheet Persian Camel over Memorial Battle Royal Trophy. <laughs> um, for WWE just has to up the ante. I think being I think being at a baseball stadium is the biggest intrigue about the Royal Rumble thus far. Seventy five man Royal Rumble in Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they pull it in the Jenner uh, Royal Rumble. Who knows? Uh, but it, I mean, nonetheless, I think they did really good with the two Royal Rumble and the pacing of it last year. Um, so you know they're gonna take a look in this, and they just probably just have to up the ante a little uh, with either. Maybe maybe the returning uh, legends and stuff is still the biggest wild factor, but nonetheless, still having the two is also very cool. But I'm very, I mean, we're going. Obviously, that's going to be exciting to be outside of that that arena in Arizona next year. Right, but that's, that's again the, the point of you know Royal Rumble's in at Chase Field in Phoenix in January. I know that I plan on being there, 
because it's at Chase Field. Yeah. Well, yeah, then that's 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 the last part of the answer. Not only this that is that is the beginning of the road to right. WrestleMania, yeah. and the winner does solidify their spot um in the main event. So right. like, um, how hard is gonna... that? We didn't go to Royal Rumble when it's in Philly, like two hours away, but we're gonna fly, you know, two thousand miles to Phoenix to actually watch the event. Okay, well, on the on on the retrospect, we definitely did we were out there. And we looked at each other, and oh, besides them only having like the ridiculous price floor seats, looked at each other was like, "Time to go home." <laughs> <laughs> Not that it wouldn't have been a good event, but it's just like one of those type of things where it's like we we kind of like pussyfooted to get like out there. It's like Philly's only two hours, but NST is always worth the money, no doubt. Right. If we go to the Rumble, we'll we'll wait. We'll wait till we get there and make that decision. So right. It was not a sad ride home. I can say that much. <laughs> the January Royal Rumble is still the big Royal Rumble, regardless of whether it's 30 men or 50 men. It's still, like you said, it's the kickoff to WrestleMania. It also helps. Out, okay, it's April now. That's not till January. So we got eight months in between. By the time Royal Rumble season comes around, people are going to probably totally forgot that this show ever even happened. That's true. That's true. That is that's all the way true. Actually, <laughs> by backlash, we'll probably have forgot this show even happened. You're right, and if this is this book so terribly, we 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 definitely will. We definitely will. I mean, but it's gonna be a good time. They'll get all the stars that they want to see, and so on, and etc. Blah blah blah. And who cares? Because they got it, and that's just literally gonna be our opinion if it's this trash. It's like, all right, whatever. That that happened. But I will say, if you wasted six hours of your life watching it, and it's just horrendous. Peace be to you, because I I don't I do not know where that that six hour fits in my schedule this week. And to be honest, like I'm gonna be taking it in, in in chumps for sure. I won't be I won't be skipping out lunch to see it. I know that much. Um, um. So let's let's see what else we got. What else we got? We talked about title changes. We talked about predictions and angles. Did we did 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 you have anything else to add to that? Any angles y'all think is going to come out of this moving forward? No, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it is a glorified house show, and um, it's not one of those things that you need to see, but you should, because yeah. and that's why it's on the network. If it were a real big deal, then they would have put it on uh, USA Network or one of the um, NBC stations. No, to, no uh, the easy people. answer is it would have been on Sunday. <laughs> it would have been on Sunday so that they really prided themselves on getting viewership, not on a Friday. I mean, easily a Sunday there or Saturday there, Matter of fact, all the other pay-per-views that have been like house show pay-per-view, Beast in the East and all that, was on Saturday. So, you know, they could have easily put it on a Saturday if they wanted. The United Kingdom Championship was on a Saturday. So, if they really... True. But to be fair, that was like a weekend tournament, the United Kingdom Championship. Um, Beast in the East was on 4th of July. So, I think that that had a lot to do with it. They knew that Americans would, A, be able to watch it. Yeah, by and large, and for Japan, it was just a regular Thursday. Yeah. Uh, what we don't know is if that if that venue is even available this weekend because it is a soccer stadium, and they do that over there. Oh, it's got. Uh, There's no way they're taking it down that quick. So yeah, and, and on top of that, and on top of that, if they they booked this date because they wanted this date, they booked that arena because they wanted that arena, and they probably got the arena the entire whole week if they wanted to run a Raw SmackDown out there as well as they is if if, if they want it. They True, can, but that's they not can what alter happened, a soccer game. Yeah, I mean, nonetheless, I'm just saying, I think that if WWE really was priding on themselves on saying, hey, we want to make sure our, you know, our U.S. Uh, uh, fan base is able to 
um, you know, be able to run analytics on viewership that we want to make this on a better viewing friendly day. They would have did it or they would have at least made an argument, sort of say. But this is nonetheless a hard Friday at 12 o'clock. Watch your own network if you want, whenever you got time. But they played the Duckets and we're going at this time and that's it. They even got a pre-show. So I think, you know, this is supposed to start at 12. I'm guessing that pre-show starts at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. It does. Yes. Jeez. <laughs> oh, God, you slackers. I know you guys are going to be skipping out work to watch it. No, All right, <laughs> that's it. That's a hard no for me. Yeah. So I don't have this. I didn't have this originally. I'm gonna tie these two. This this uh topic that I did not discuss um in uh pre notes and um a, one of the topics that we did is that uh, women not being included in the Royal Rumble card. Um, uh, we we talked about it a little bit last week. We're gonna bring it up again. Um, but my other point is um Triple H defending uh that. Um and 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 WWE be, being called hypocrites on this note. Um, did do any of y'all actually? Did any of y'all actually have a chance to read Triple H's uh, notes about this? Yes, uh, I did once, like six hours ago, and it was uh, generally you know corporate BS. What you got, Will? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 Triple H is towing the corporate line, which I mean, that's his job. That's that the that's the role he's in. Um. Obviously, they're they are not going over there and doing this event, and they're they are not going to sit there and try to be like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be doing it. They're doing it. They're doing it. You know, I'm not I'm not for one second expecting them to act like you know they're not all in on it. They're not going to go over there and take all that money and spend days over there and then like be making public statements that they have an issue with it. If they're taking all that money, they they gotta play the game <laughs> so to speak there was two puns in that sentence i just wanted yeah. to <laughs> so i mean it, it yeah i hate to say it is what it is but i mean for them to be in this situation if they had a problem with it they couldn't be going over there to to begin with now yeah. that they're there it's like you, they got to do it but he i do somewhat agree with this point that you know if you're going to be over there you have to be at you got to be at the table to have a voice in anything if you're not even going to be at the table, then it's like you're sitting on – you're outside. So, I don't know. They've, they've made the choice to, to be at the table, and, heck, a lot of other companies in America have too. So, they're going with the idea that in time things are going to change. And I mean, it is a 10-year deal that they have with Saudi Arabia to run these events. So, this is just the first one. Uh, oh, that's new to me. Explain, explain that more. What you mean with 10-year deal? Is yeah, there any yeah. more specifics on that? Uh, I'd have to look up the specifics of it, but yeah, if, no, if not, because it's, it's a deal with with the government. It's it's, it's oh a, yeah, yeah yeah okay. I, I have that. Yeah, that, that. but it's a ten year deal with with the government there to to oh. run an event like this every year. Is there specifics on it, or are we just? Yeah, gonna... no, yeah, yeah. I, I can read it right now from CBS Sports. There you go. Uh, while it's unfortunate the women won't be competing on what it's being advertised as basically a secondary WrestleMania card, no. Uh, the hope is that there's change in the future, um, as Levesque addressed. Uh, this year's Greatest Royal Rumble event is the beginning of a 10-year relationship between the WWE and Saudi Arabia, and it would be unquestionable, and it would unquestionably be a monumental moment if, during this period, a change were to be implemented, allowing females to be included on the Saudi Arabian cards. So these women are strangers to breaking barriers in the Middle East. Um, so I, I understand, I think for him, 
he's definitely caught between a rock and a hard place. You know, the way we do things over here and the way they do things over there could be 75% right on par with each other. But there's some major differences, cultural differences, and it is what it is. However, to you, the fan that are listening to this right now, if you decide to watch the Greatest Royal Rumble, if you decide to partner with any of the companies that have partnered with WWE uh, and patronize them, that partner WWE for the Greatest Royal Rumble, know this, the WWE is a billion dollar business. And sometimes you have to do what you have to do to keep the profits going. The Saudi Arabian government cut them a check and said, do the job. And they said, sure. However, what about the ladies? No, keep them at home in the kitchen. And WWE said, well, okay. If that's a problem for you, then you need to, you know, then that should be a problem for you. And that's fine. Wait, but wait. you need to deal with that yourself. This sounds like the same group of people that uh, were hashtag cancel the network. Sounds like they're, they're getting ready to come back alive again. No, I think that there's a real issue here with the WWE and uh, not, them not allowing women to be on the car. I definitely think that it reeks of hypocrisy yeah, as we yeah. are in the middle of Stephanie McMahon's greatest invention, the women's uh, revolution. <laughs> um, however, on the same time, while they can do that and run an anti-bullying campaign and, and all these great like philanthropical things that they do uh, on, on the corporate side, know this. Linda McMahon works for Donald Trump. Also know this. Women are not allowed to perform in Saudi Arabia. And they barely were allowed to perform in the, uh, the UAE uh, for similar cultural reasons. If that's a problem for you, yeah. then don't watch. Don't mm -hmm. support it. Do something else. Because mm -hmm. WWE is going to take the money every damn time. Mm -hmm. Yes. They, they, WWE can have their front with, you know, being involved with social causes or their women's revolution or all any of that. And that's all fine and good. And they're, they're putting up a good front with that, but make no mistake at the end of the day, they are a business <laughs> and at the end of the day. Now they have stockholders and if there's enough zeros on that check that they're getting from whoever it might be they will look the other way and take the check with the zeros on it. It is, it just is what it is. Now, to be fair, um, I think do three, and I do agree with you, Will. I do think the triple H is right on, on one level that if, if this is a non-starter and WWE could very well within their right and well within their bank, uh, bank uh, book to leave that money on the table and do something else. They can go anywhere they want in the world because they are the WWE and do whatever they want to do. And it would be interesting to see what that conversation would be if they told the king of the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, uh, no women, no show. However, it's not about this right now. It's about the cultural you know, differences that they have and that women should be allowed there. But if you burned your seat at the table, you can't sit there anymore. So maybe for this one time you know, or twice or the, over the next 10 years, it's a gradual thing. It is baby steps. And maybe the, you know, as they, as we talked about last week, where they had the um, family section, uh, uh, single women couldn't get tickets, but women and children could. And if, if, if women, children, and men could sit together, and they're definitely going to use that as a propaganda piece in the country to, um, you know, show how diverse the audience is and stuff like that, that they're not just, uh, you know, 
whatever stereotype about Saudi Arabia you want to insert, um, that is how you get started. You, you have to start somewhere. And it may not be this year, and hell, it may not be next year. But if they keep going, the women will be too loud to ignore. So it, it Rome wasn't built in a day, and I think that this is a good start. I like it. I like it. Um, what do you think uh, the women talent is doing in this time? Uh, house shows, probably. I mean, okay. like whatever they need to do. I mean, Raw, is, it's not like they're doing this and taking two weeks off. No, Raw is Monday. So maybe back, the women, you know, back in, like a, back in Canada, too. Oh, are they? Well, yeah. they were in what Hartford last week. So, yeah, they're going to um, make sense. Montreal uh, for Raw and SmackDown. Um, I tell you this if there was a house show local to me and they said it was an all women's house show, guess who would be there? <laughs> you want to talk <laughs> about marketing? Yeah, you're damn sure right. If they, if that was their thing of saying the first ever all women's uh card. Yeah. Absolutely, I'm down. I, I definitely will be down. Considering, considering that you know we don't even get to see some of the legit matches out of some of the you know their their uh, second tier talent on that roster, and then you legitimately may be able to get a good fifteen quality quality fifteen quality minutes match with them. That can be worth talking about. I mean, granted, I'm not even sure how good Dana Brooke may be at this point now, but oh, no. if she legitimately had a, a a decent match with some time. Oh. Maybe wild about that, you know. <laughs> We're talking about the women's revolution. And you said Dana Brooke in the same sentence. What's wrong? I mean, <laughs> who knows, man? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Dana Brooke doesn't know. That's confirmed. All right, let's get to other news real quick so we can wrap the show up for tonight. Uh, first off, we're going to start about Enzo Amore decided to break his social media's social media hiatus, deleted all his Instagram posts, and put out this cryptic uh, picture of a pair of Jordans hanged over um, an electric wire, uh, which is synonymous for hanging it up or uh, pretty much the end. And I believe the, the subtitle for it was It's Been a Good Run. And he also uh, tagged the shoes as WWE. Um, what, what do you guys make of this, first of all? And are you in, any of you guys sad to see him go? If if this is him going? Well, uh, if, I think one of the stories that I read was that it is very near, if not up, his 90-day non-compete clause that's leaving the company, um, which makes sense because I feel that we haven't heard from him in quite some time. So if that is the case... Uh, the real question comes down to is, if you're an independent company, do you hire this guy? Is Enzo Amore, uh, you know, the Bill Cosby of the wrestling world? And, and you know, the indie scene has, is certainly not without its faults as it comes to um, controversy and, and controversial bookings. Um, after uh, an incident, whether it be in public or private or private made public, but I don't, I don't know what you do with this guy. Because he wasn't like the greatest wrestler to begin with, <laughs> and I'm not sure how well his, uh, you know, the audience of the indie scene they know what's up. So I don't know how well this guy's going to go over, um, you know, based on the allegations of his of his story. Yeah, I get the feeling if he tries, if he is done and he tries to shop himself around. That's not going to go well, considering how we've seen things go for Rich Swan already and Michael Elgin. It's anyone with any kind of remote controversy, it seems. They aren't having a good go of it. And 
it's 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 interesting because the Enzo story didn't really develop any further once he once he disappeared. Yeah. So, but I say I haven't heard anything about it. Also, not like totally like it's not like his name has been cleared, but yeah, I, 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 I of course there's always the remote chance that maybe he's had, it's been cleared up and he's going to be coming back and this is all a swerve. I don't think so though. I, I get the feeling that the WWE he was, but there was already rumors that he was on thin ice there before this happened. So, I, I I'm guessing he's done. It seems like it. Yeah, I you know that promo that the Miz cut um as one of the last times that Enzo was on Raw, um that cut deep. Yeah. Not because it was, say, was, a was that promo, a promo or was that just like hot that fire? That was a strange shoot, apparently. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And do you think that it would be interesting to see what uh Indie Federation takes a chance on him? And then of course, this is just in the moment right now. Um Emma, uh or whatever her name, I think Tennille is what she's going by now, or real name. Um, she's out there, she's doing stuff. She, I think she works with Ring of Honor a lot now. Realistically, that was a big to-do when she first hit the indie scene. And now it's like, okay, cool. So I, I think obviously time will tell, but considering the um, allegations that have not been cleared up, um, you know, we don't, I don't really know if a company's willing to take a chance on them. And I'll just say this personally, if there is a company that wills, that is uh, willing to take a chance on them, until allegations have actually been cleared, <laughs> then I can't support that company based on what we know. So two things. Number one, it seems like his, um, the, the controversy around him surrounds his personality seems to be, it seems to be kind of fitting in a sense because of the fact that people kind of blackballed him uh, without, you know, it even manifesting to being anything where it seems like, hey, this seems like the shoe fit, so we're just going to go with that. The stigma is all around him, it seems like, and, um, you know, there's been no resolution. And two, uh, I can, you know, this does get clear, whatever it may be. I definitely don't see a future with him in WWE, but if he decides to go on the indie, on the indie, um, on the indie, out on the out in the indie, out on the indie. Excuse me. Um, I don't see him not pulling one of those Emma moves where he's asking for this ridiculous price and all the comp that surrounds him as far as like you know needs to be first class, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think nobody's going to take the chances on that, considering that yeah, he's not really a good performer. But um, maybe he pops up at WrestleCom for signings. That could probably be a draw. But other than that, um, unless this guy gets put in the greatest world rumble. I don't think he's getting any type of chance back in WWE for a while, but, um, good luck to him in SoundCloud and, uh, and, uh, that piff for, for his new mixtape. Cause I'm sure that's going to be his, uh, his next venture considering that's what he did on his spare time anyway. And is that piff still a thing. That is still a thing. Damn. I'm old. And I, and I, and I actually think that he cannot wait to run into TMZ. Like I really think he's, that's going to be his first interview. You mean like he's chasing the TMZ tour bus through Los Angeles? Yeah, they can ask him, "Hey Enzo, what's going on? You're you're uh you're officially been released, et cetera, et cetera." He just hangs out to the airport. Hey TMZ, ask me questions. Yeah, I'm I'm almost sure that's going to be what's going to happen. Um, uh, but yeah, future endeavors. Good luck, good luck, sir. That's (laughs) that's that's or not because I hear that he's just a massive douche. (laughs) Legal ramifications aside. 
I've not heard too many good things about this guy on, on a personal level. That yeah. obviously doesn't have to impact me because I'm not backstage yet. Yeah. But it's it's still to the point of, uh, no, dude, what a, what a dick. And he kind of deserves what he gets. And he went from the top, like revitalizing 205 Live. And honestly, if he didn't go, that show might not be on the air right now, too. Milk carton status. That's a <laughs> yeah. That's a compliment in a way. <laughs> but yeah, I, again, I think it's one of those type of things where it's like, this seems like the shoe fits. No, no, no matter if it's like if he's guilty or innocent. This seems like this fits. Um, and the fact that nothing else has come out of it, it's hard to really lean no way, but your biased opinion about about him as a person. So I think that's just what's literally clouding him. And um, I don't. I think two or five live is heading in the right direction. That will not miss him at all. And I think uh, Drake Maverick made it very evident that they're not thinking about him coming back at all. Um, other topics I got really quick before we get out of here. Week one, of the superstars shakeup has happened. Um, quickly, do you, um, who do you think this has helped out the most, or uh, or not after week <laughs> one? Well, it hasn't helped me at all. i think how the shows ended this week um i liked i like i going a week in here i really like that they put jeff hardy separate of a a matt and a bray i like jeff hardy as the separate deal on smackdown doing his own thing i'm really pleased with that i think that could assuming jeff hardy can keep his act together i think there's a lot of things they can do there to have these since they seem to be teasing stuff with him and Randy Orton and Shelton Benjamin, there's like that. That's a nice little mid card view there. That that would be nothing but solid matches that you could run for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Over on right, of course, Samoa Joe is kind of. I like was we saying last week. I think he was the big surprise of the whole thing. And assuming Roman Reigns wins the title on Friday, and Backlash then becomes a title match between Joe and Roman. That makes for an interesting scenario there with Joe being on SmackDown now, but it'd be for the universal title. So, I mean, these these next couple of weeks, you have this whole shaking out of they could move some belts around possibly if they wanted to between the, the U.S. and the IC or the universal. I mean, Rice, we're really not going to have the rosters locked until Backlash is done. That'd be interesting. That should be cool. Hopefully, hopefully they do take that aspect with it. I think Friday definitely kicks it off there. I will say the Ascension coming on Raw did absolutely nothing for me, like zero. <laughs> um, Dolph Ziggler and um and uh Drew McIntyre that seems to be picking up a little bit of momentum. Um, for SmackDown, Big Cass. I mean, I was never a big fan of the guy, but he's he seemed to insert himself into a maybe a a, a fan appealing feud with Daniel Bryan. We'll see how that goes. Um, and who's not a winner for SmackDown? Uh, I don't know. No, everybody hasn't debuted it yet, so we're still kind of in limbo with some of them. So, um, but I, I really think that Andrade Cienamis, when he debuts, is going to be a big deal, <laughs> and people are going to want to have to try to keep up because uh, even his, uh, even his, you know, his his trailers about him coming. Uh, I think next week was was more over than some of the matches or or promos that was cut during the show, actually. So, um, you know, we'll have to see week two. Um, how's everything going? Got anything after that, Jamal? Or we move. Well, forward? let me. Let me I, I don't. I just don't watch stuff. Um, let me ask you this: 
how do you feel about the trailers uh, a- introducing new talent to the to the roster hate, versus hated actual? Hmm? Hated it. But, but how do you feel about that versus actual um, in-show uh, messages being left? I mean, your sanity is obviously coming. They've spoiled it because they're coming. But wouldn't it be better to see like somebody attacked with like sanity's emblem or logo left on them, and nobody knows what that means, or you know, old school WCW. It, right, exactly. Like you know, what is this? And then Bischoff slowly turns around. It's he's wearing an NWO shirt. I mean, just do do you think that they've kind of like deflated the balloon of whatever it could have been? Mm. Because I've seen the promo for Sanity, and though I know what they are. If you if you have never watched uh, NXT before, don't really keep up with it. They don't look like anything that different because the Bludgeon Brothers are already a thing. The Attention is already a thing. So, and Braun Strowman was a thing with the Wyatt family, which is kind of a thing-ish with Matt Hardy. So it sadly kind of fits into that mold instead of being very different, which is what they are on NXT. Yeah, I mean, it, for I mean, you you hit it right on the head with the <laughs> right people. It's right now, if I had no clue who they were. I don't even know if their name is Sanity or Chaos. Right. That's the big problem. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and considering that the moniker that they put on, why not take that angle of having them debut and attack, the, you know, whoever their initial feud is going to be, or maybe not even just come out and attack someone else. I mean, they, they should have did what um, Baron Corbin did to No Way Jose. That could have easily worked, considering that there's already passed and they work with each other in NXT before anyway. So this chemistry that can uh you know be be reinvented that that was the easy way to go. So I mean I, I the, the simple answer to this is that I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. Hated it. Hated it during the shakeup. Hated it week one. That's oh kind of the, the big question for uh Almas and Vega and for Sanity also since they haven't debuted yet, but we know they are coming imminently. It's like who are they going to pair them up with and what's their role on the shows going to be? So yeah. whether we'll find that out this uh, Tuesday or if they maybe hold off something, maybe have one of them debut at a backlash, who mm-hmm. knows? I mean, that's the other thing with the, the pay-per-views being co-branded now. They could always uh, do something there, too. Yeah, I really hope that Sanity debuts in the similar way that Elias Samson debuted. Uh, he's the drifter. He just wandered onto the set. He just started playing. Nobody knew who he was or why he was there. And now, and then they, once we know who he is, then they integrated him and now he's gone on to a different thing. It's it's amazing. Like, I, obviously, I just, I know nothing because like, that was the best thing that ever happened. I remember when he first debuted, I was like, what? Like, <laughs> like, did anybody see him over there? Right. And it just worked. So, right. like, <laughs> I, right. So I would I'm, love to see Sanity, you know, like all of a sudden come out and, you know, they're supposed to have a match and, but what they don't tell you that the match is actually happening in the parking lot and it turns into a thing. And just because oh my God. is the field about yeah. chaos and they're about, you know, all of the anarchy and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, look, if they don't if they don't wreak chaos, <laughs> what they keep flashing chaos as if that's what they're going to be rebranded to. <laughs> I mean, I'm lost. If they have a traditional like debut match, right. oh, like I'm I mean, like, how, how can you be like pro chaos and then have a very uniform entrance, right. and a uniform <laughs> match? Yeah. You know, to a time limit. I want to see like Eric Young just come out and, and wrestle a women's match just because just to fuck it up. Because <laughs> you know. I'd be interesting to see for sure. I move on to our last topic real quick. Um, so former WWE WWN champion and also a past guest to our show, Keith Lee, 
Um, there's also now again rumors of him potentially making his way to WWE. Okay, let's 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 take a flashback. Um, a couple of months ago, where there was um, you know, hitting the dirt sheets that him and um and uh Walter were speculated on having trials and were going to be making their way to WWE very soon. And Walter kind of came out and said, nah, that didn't happen. Keith Lee kind of was looking like he was going to make a big announcement on his Twitter. Never happened. Also made his, made a cryptic message that he was going to, uh, I'm sorry. He, he cut a promo at a promotion that seems to be kind of leading that way as if he was going to say he was getting ready to hit the WWE never manifested because he was attacked, which was great actually. Um, Moving forward to WrestleMania weekend, they both work access shows, which is a big deal, considering the, uh, the stunt that WWE pulled and pulling progress and um, WWE and top talent having to work in front of a WWE crowd and being able to see, you know, uh, what type of reaction they pulled. Um, and that's legitimately not just my thoughts, but um, um, Austin Theory, who I chatted with out there, was telling me the same thing, who is now currently the WWE champion. Um, the the title switch hands over that weekend, so it's just all great for good booking that they was able to take two people, um, who's affiliated with that belt, who's also both been rumored to having trials all together to see what the WWE fan base uh, will react to him. So, um, again, his name is being brought up again on the rumor sheets, and uh, the simple question is one: Consider Keith Lee, we all we all love him, a great style of wrestling, but, um. Would, I guess simply, what is your thoughts on this? And is this something that you're looking forward to seeing? My assumption is that he's going. I can't think of what's left. I mean, what's left for him to do on the indies? You know, he's this last year since last year's WrestleMania where he really blew up. Like, it feels like this year's been his year to shine. So I I think he's there now. I think that's that's the plan. He did like kind of his his big year going around the circuit collecting belts and he dropped the PWG title last weekend. So now I think it's I think it's just a matter of how soon does he show up. I think it's the next natural step in his progression. And I can't think of anything else he'd be doing otherwise. Uh to to add to that, I I, I can't disagree with that. However, uh, the Young Bucks uh, and their crew and Joey Ryan uh, have shown that you don't really need to do the WWE, though the mainstream route, uh, because Ring of Honor is a corporately controlled company too. People don't seem to realize that. But I, as the, we are in a renaissance of independent wrestling, it is not a guarantee that you will be a success, but you definitely have more creative control over your success versus going to uh, impact a giant owl or WWE. Now, as much as I love Hootie and as much as I tolerate the WWE, it scares the hell out of me to see Keith Lee in the impact zone or show up on Raw and SmackDown. Obviously NXT would probably be the better fit, but realistically right now, the Keith Lee that we know does not work on Raw. I don't, I don't think that it does. Um, I think that for not, his, he won't go. He wouldn't go to Raw or SmackDown. But my, my point is, is or that SmackDown right to NXT. There's no if, unless well, you obviously he's going to NXT and he'll be there for a year. Then eventually mm-hmm. go to the main roster. But my point mm-hmm. is, is that I don't think that works in its current stage right now. 
And obviously he's going to be whatever he can be, whatever he needs to be to be that guy and get over. However, we've seen it time and time again where the NXT darlings have come in and a very small percentage have taken their NXT persona to the main roster with great success. I, I mean, other than like Cam Kevin Owens, I can't think of anybody recently that has just transitioned to ease seamlessly from NXT to the main roster. Right. Okay. I, I get it. So, I mean, long story short is that he's not main roster ready just based on just what the product is currently doing with the transition from NXT to the main roster or currently what the main roster presents uh, for his style of wrestling. Uh, but he's NXT ready. It'll be great. It'll be a lot of classes to be made down there. Dijak is still um, hiding in the shadows. Um, Triple H, by all means, was down in Orlando and was like, what is this match I'm hearing about that is not at NXT, that is not <laughs> at uh, WrestleMania, and I need both those guys. So, um, you know, I think he, you know, a year in NXT, um, working with Alistair Black, Dijak, <laughs> Ricochet, like all these people he's worked with all over the world with, um, it'll be great. So, you know, if that's, that's what's going to happen. Hopefully, you know, he'll get down there. Um, he's a very humble guy, so he's definitely be down there and, uh, you know, learn how the system works and sort of say he'll make the best out of well, he's it. Had um, before. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm sure it's not like I think I think what we, you know, what needs to be said, considering that we don't I don't have faith in a lot of people's logic all the time. Is that a trial and you don't go to WWE doesn't mean that you did not pass it. It just right. means that we're interested in you. What are your obligations left? What are your expectations? Okay, we can do this now. Or okay, come see us in three months. You know, right? No, I mean, it was just like with any other sport. Like, hey, you did great. You made the team, but we don't need a quarterback right now. Yeah, right. or well, but not NFL because if you fill a trial there, then they they next you need you see that person on the plane not coming back to that city for a while. But yeah, nonetheless, I mean, um, even and I guess we can say this now, but even with Dijak, I mean, he had this, he had um a trial that WrestleMania weekend, and then he had the initial one I think in May that ultimately led to him going to uh WWE. So like, it's not like he bombed it and was just like, all right, well that's it. It was like, all right, I need to fulfill these last dates or I got a little bit more I need to do. Or maybe they're like, oh, we're just not quite ready to, uh, you know, to um, to uh, um, to introduce you yet. So maybe you can work, you know, more dates, get all your things together and then so on. Or it could be even weight, weight issues, too. They're like, hey, trim down a couple more pounds and uh, come see us in three months. We'll be ready to go type of thing. But I mean, look, great for the guy. Uh, more people need to see him. Uh, act, the access crowd was definitely behind him. Um, and for him to, to be able to get weekly televised Keith Lee, nonetheless, if it's pre-recorded or not, or even have him tour around since NST seems to be uh, branching out to different areas, I can dig it. I definitely can dig it. Um, so, and, uh, any other news coming from you guys that you want to report um, on? Okay, so real quick, and I'll, I'll go over this very, very quickly. Uh, Zach Ryder did not make the trip to Saudi Arabia because he it tweets did. me for uh, <laughs> Raw during main event, which is apparently still a thing. What? That's How is 205 Live on the ropes, but main event is alive and kicking? That doesn't make <laughs> sense to me. Um, uh, CBS Sports uh, had an interesting um, ponderance, apparently – uh, the Mr. Rosh, uh, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel 
Uh, Bo Dallas, another NXT great that is is what it is right now on the main roster. Um, apparently, uh, Bray Wyatt, his real life brother, tweeted out to him and said, "You know what? You need a person to lead you. Why not us?" And um, that could be interesting to see Bo and Bray in the same faction for the first time um, that I can remember. So, honestly, they need something to do. I kind of like it. Uh, I kind of want to see that happen. Um, uh, the last thing is, of course, WWE had their um, business partner summit, WrestleMania weekend. And they talked a lot of numbers, and some stuff is up and some stuff is down, and that's fine. I mean, you can find that on their corporate website. Uh, one thing that was interesting is that George Barrios, who is like the CFO of WWE, he has um, he said that the company had found a trademark for the words global localization. And, and so write that down. You're going to be hearing that a lot over the coming months. Apparently, WWE is very interested in, in, in creating customized programming for their worldwide partners in their native language and catering to program to, to specific parts of the world using local hosts. Um, they've already been doing this in Dubai, in, or in Abu Dhabi, rather, uh, India, Mexico, Montreal, um, where uh, they have dubbed versions of Monday Night Raw, uh, specifically with their local, uh, in the local languages. So what is a great picture that I can't you know show you, but but there's a great picture of Triple H stands in front of a giant map of the world with NXT logos over South America, over China, over Hong Kong, over India, um, over the Middle East. Um, so this is kind of piggybacks off what they what they said last year and that they wanted to see more of the world and create uh, you know, more talent. We've seen a little bit of that with the tryouts in India. We've seen a little bit of that with the tryouts here in the South, um, Saudi Arabia and they're Saudi Arabia's very own pay-per-view-like event. But I think they're dead-ass serious, and they are coming to take over the wrestling world. Hide your children. <laughs> yep, I saw I saw that map you were talking about. And it goes back to a, a few years ago, there was talk that essentially what they wanted to do is have developmental territories in different parts of the world. So, like, they already started up the UK thing that never quite got off the ground, but it's still obviously on their radar. Now they're doing stuff in the Middle East. They've already done China before and brought stuff people over from China. Japan would be another possibility. It's you know places where there's there's established wrestling scenes, and it's, I think it's just a matter of WWE going in and taking the time to set up an office and probably a smaller version of the performance center. And obviously making the investment in running a small local promotion in these areas to develop local talent with that would essentially you know, create like a worldwide feeder system. I think it's something they've wanted to do for a long time. And it's, you know, every year it's getting a little closer. Last year it was the UK. This year it's Saudi Arabia. And like this fall, they're going to Australia. I think they have their eyes on all these places to do this. And it's just a matter of how long it's going to take for them to get it up and off the ground. Uh, it sounds like WWE is starting to run their business like a law firm, in that we know where the we know where the hub is, but they will have satellite offices around the world to um, to distribute you know to talent in that local area. So, you know, in twenty years, we could see NXT take over China for the Chinese audience. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's very cool. Now, conversely, what does that do knowing that Walmart, as the Walmart of wrestling, <laughs> is now coming to a town near you? What does that do for the MDC and around the world? Yep, that was going to be my approach here. First of all, this definitely sounds like that WWE is going to be called WWE Genesis afterwards. And um, there's going to be one central location in uh, in Connecticut, and it's going to pretty much take over all the world. And eventually, we're going to be having robots and everything's going to be destroyed. But no, <laughs> no nonetheless, wow. it, changes, it changes everything on the indie scenes because for people who want to have to prove themselves from going from the UK to America... Maybe you can just go next door and prove yourself there and also get your fan base and be solidified, bringing the income and everything. So um, the, the the traveling strain for the independent talent is uh, will significantly drop for having to get their name out there. And considering that uh, with WWE does come um, um, TV time, that's the way to go, you know? You want to talk well, about publicity and so on. But I think hopefully um, there are a lot of teams around the world. There's a lot of wrestling that we just won't see uh, because we can't. Yeah. But I do hope that on the good side of it, you know, it will get talent from around the world to the WWE faster. Yeah. Instead of waiting 10 years for business to, to development in the Middle East, you know, we can have a, an, a Dubai office and say, well, who do you got? Send them up. Um, it would be interesting to do that. On the other hand, though, there is something about the local scene in other places where it kind of, you know, what do you want to be? Do you want to be the biggest guy in Scotland or do you want to be a big fish in a very big ocean that is the WWE? Yeah. And I think that that's going to change the landscape of wrestling and as a whole. Um, obviously, and not, well, not obviously, but uh, missing from that map, of course, is Japan. Yep. So, uh, New Japan has done what exactly what WWE is trying to do on a smaller scale by opening up a um, an office in Los Angeles and having a show in San Francisco what in July you, and tickets go on sale in May. It would cost you three hundred dollars to go to, by the way, if you haven't looked. Uh, or so, six, for front row. For front row. You got to sit front row, but us, you know, the poor ones, me, uh, sixty bucks is how I'm getting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but look, none of this matters because if Thanos destroys the world, then all of this is all for nothing. So who who knows how it's gonna go? So um, well, anyway, do you guys got anything else before we get out of here for the week? I think we um, I think we covered the greatest Royal Rumble backwards and forwards and any which way we could between last week and this week. Yeah, that sounds yeah, about right. I never want to talk about the greatest Royal Rumble again. <laughs> well, only thing there is now to do is to watch it on Friday. So uh, you know, if you got, got six hours of your life that you can dedicate towards that, then go for it, you know. But yeah, um, for the Big Go Bell podcast, I'm Drew James. Um, you guys are in your social medias, because I'll just let you plug it that way. <laughs> uh, at Heel Will Mahoney on the Twitter and Instagram, of course, the co-host of the Snack Society, hashtag Snack Society all day, every day. This week, we had oh God, a good double shot with our buddy uh, Ed from the uh, One Gated community at Nova Pro. We had the last of our WrestleMania videos we recorded with him, where he introduced us to Grapeco, the grape soda of the South. That was one of the most sugary things I've ever tasted in my life. It was wild and uh, 
pretty crazy. And uh, yesterday, uh, Brandon and Tony got out to a KFC to check out the new uh, Crispy Kernel sandwich. And apparently they had a horrible experience trying to order that. <laughs> <laughs> apparently they went to the worst KFC in town. So half the review is them talking about them banging their heads against the counter, trying to <laughs> order the thing and pointing at it and them still not understanding. So that's what's up with the Snack Society this week. The link is in my profile on the Twitter and Instagram to the YouTube page. Hashtag Snack Society always finds all the videos. That's right. It's your boy Heal Will Mahoney. Right. That was that was that was a lot. But um I'm very interested in the worst KFC because I have three that come to mind. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm looking at you, Rivertown. I'm looking at you. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm Jamal. Uh, Yo, how is that jar even open still? I'm sorry. How is that open? Oh, it shouldn't be open. It I absolutely mean, should not be open. Didn't cars run into it like on numerous occasions in the past? <laughs> Anywho, go go ahead, go ahead. Uh, you know, jeez, that's the worst. <laughs> that's the worst KFC of all time. Now, um, they put it in the middle of the on exit ramp for the interstate, so cars definitely ran into it oh, several no. times. <laughs> Uh, like once you came off ninety five, you were going to the drive through of the of the uh, KFC. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, you can catch me on the Twitter machine at Giant Crab Crab with a K. Um, no movies this week. Uh, it's I've been kind of under the weather, but um, I will be seeing uh, the Avengers: Infinity Wars. If this is not the single greatest superhero cinematic experience of all time, this will be the last superhero movie that I pay for. <laughs> Well said. Well, that doesn't count because you know, you get to see a lot of things for free anyway. So you want to rephrase that? This will be the last no, no. one. This will be the last superhero movie that I pay for. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Look, for everybody, thanks for tuning in for sure. Um, you know, you can catch all our weekly and past episodes. Step over to bigoboatgroup.com and uh give us a shout. Interact with us. We got definitely got some things coming up moving forward. We uh inching our way towards uh, a very, very busy uh, next few months with uh, comic book conventions and so on. Uh, we got uh, the Mega Towns Classic. We got Nova Pro as always. We got a three show, two day Nova Pro um, event in June. I mean, it's just it's just only picking up. So um, thank you for everyone for tuning in. Uh, everybody's been reaching out to us for the feedback and so on. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>